Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Today we're going to talk about Banaras, Varanasi, Kashi, one of the most ancient living cities yeah. in the world. One of the most popular tourist destinations that are that is not a big city in India, but it is Varanasi is in the same range of places to go, same like the same level Tier of Su places. City? The same level of places to go as like Delhi and um, Jaipur and all this stuff for for like the first time visitors, everyone is recommended yeah. to go to Delhi, Agra, Jaipur, Udaipur, Jaisalmer, Varanasi, Varanasi. and those mm-hmm. are like that will co- cover your North India one time India visit. So basically, yes. it is well known for that kind of mm-hmm. tourism for foreigners coming into India, but Indians visiting. Varanasi is a totally different ballgame. Oh, yeah. We are calling this episode Ghat, Gai, and Ghanti. So, Riverbank, Cow, and Bell, which pretty much describe all the things that you are definitely going to experience if you are in Varanasi. So, we would not be a proper podcast about India if we didn't at least talk about Varanasi. Right, honey? Yeah. Yeah. And because we went there recently a few weeks ago. So we are going to talk about that. Yeah. So any travel blocker who feels the need to prove themselves worthy has definitely ventured into the dark and winding alleyways of Varanasi. So we want to talk about tips and tricks of doing it right on a budget and with kids. So a little bit of History. Do you want to share a little bit of history about Varanasi? Basically, Varanasi, from what I recall, is the stuff that, you know, is more from a popular cultural level in India, is that it is the religious city. It is the city that has the most, it's one of the most holy river sites. And it has all these, like, banks along the river that, is really supposed to be the auspicious or holy place for Hindus. Many people still wish that they will be cremated there. They will be their bodies will be burnt in Varanasi to receive some sort of uh, liberation of souls. I would say just uh, the significance of a couple of the temples there is very paramount for many North Indian Hindus and South Indian Hindus. Uh, it is one of the continuously inhabited cities in the world yeah. but I know that it was remade in the middle like by different Rajas Maharajas yeah. through the two other kingdoms it has been rebuilt but it has been consistently inhabited for 5,000 years is what the history says so uh, three, they have records up to 3,000 BC of the city actually being inhabited and in historical documents so one of the big things that Varanasi is known for a Banaras as it's also called, Kashi, as it's also called, is that Buddha, Gautam Buddha, preached his first sermon there in Sarnath. So that's a huge, 
a huge reason why many people from all over the world visit Banatis as well is because there's that special site existing there. Yep. There's so much more that we could go into about the history, but you can look it up. It, it's probably best just to read on Wikipedia if you're a real history nerd, but those are kind of the basic things you need to know about Banatis. So what are the, some of the things that you're likely to see in Varanasi? If Lots you're walking... of people <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, this time I was surprised when we were visiting of... Uh, like many other North Indian cities, there's a lot of migration happening from the villages to the towns, which is making Varanasi even more congested and a lot of people there. So that may sound like negative, but it is what it is. It has all this ancientness and alleyways and crazy markets and religious people walking around and people visiting for religious reasons. But in in midst of all this, there is a lot of people. There are a lot of people there. And um, the roads are still being broadened in the old city. Um, Even the current prime minister has recently tried to um, broaden some of the cots, the, the, the streets near the cots, the cots of the banks in Varanasi. So basically there's a lot of narrow ways and that causes a lot of uh, congestion and there are a lot of people from the villages that are moving into Varanasi. So yeah, you will see all that and you will see lots of cows and you will see lots of like different kinds of carts, selling things, walking along. All the businesses are being conducted in the midst of it. So there are people carrying sacks of sacks of rice and and dal and all kinds of things on the street. The vegetables are being sold, fruits are being sold all in the streets while you're also driving and biking and so yeah, I mean it's a chaotic, very chaotic um, scenery, the old part of Varanasi. Mm-hmm. And the new parts of Varanasi, if you want to call it a bit more suburban for India. Uh, <laughs> not for US, it's not suburban. but Right, not by the same standards. For, for suburban meaning like that it was actually a planned, the colonies were actually planned for residential area for yeah. cars. They were actually they thought about parking when they constructed some of the buildings yeah. and things just, like that. Yeah. It's still not suburbs. It's just relatively broader streets where two cars can enter at the same time on the street, one going and one coming. That's broad in India. Right. That <laughs> That's a good so. that's a good description. So, it is not that different from where we live as far as the the kind of commerce and things that you'll see there are a lot of little shops the and is. but the population seems to be excessive jammed, concentrated there, plus just all of the tourism and the autos and the cycle rickshaws. It's just really condensed. So because, you know, this is an extremely old city. So in the old part of the city, the the gullies or the alleyways are just winding through. And and there was there was no, you know, these is these are for footpaths and for cows and Whatnot. So they do have some regiments of cleaning the street. Just, I mean, there are a few places in India that have so much cow poo everywhere. I mean, you're just, you will step in it. There's no way to avoid just the excessive amount of cow poo. And then with that, there's trash and there's, um, you know, rats and stuff. So that's, that's definitely just a but reality. But some people might like that, especially, you know, from the Western 
context. Some people might like that because it's so raw and so different. Yeah. And so, but you know, living in India, a lot of times, you know, we live in a, you know, tier two city in India, and when we visit another Indian city, we have to just allow it to be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always relaxing or because we want to go to sometimes to a place that's cleaner or more scenic or more where we can actually breathe in greenery. And all of those things are definitely not mm-hmm. so in Varanasi right. for us, especially. But if you're coming from the West or if you're coming from other big cities in India, it is something very different. So Varanasi has a lot of similarities in, in terms of where we live. So it wasn't like a huge deal for us to go there. But we still want to give you guys um, our experience, mm-hmm. which is going to be different than some other Western person who goes to Varanasi. How many times have you been there? Maybe like five, eight times in my life. Eight times, six times, seven, eight times. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think that's about the same as me, actually just for various different visits. I did a language study course there when about 12, 13 years back, and that was my first exposure. Yeah, but I went there when I was a child. Also. You went for so, yeah. 35 and, years and ago. And I have relatives there, too. Mm-hmm. So so what are some other things you're likely to see in Banaras, besides the gullies and the small alleyways and vegetable cellars? One of the things I noticed is that there are three different way to travel. One is from cot to cot. So, like all these staircases that that look like these pierre the staircase on the banks yeah there's like a elevated platform almost elevated platform, like a platform staircase. staircase yeah that so basically you can walk from those from cot to cot from bank to bank and you can actually cover more distance than going on this in the street oh yeah because Much there's faster. not a lot of cows there there's not a lot of like traffic, traffic. because there's only foot traffic there so then the next one next level after that is these narrow gullies right behind like right when you climb up those stairs yeah it's the gullies that will take you winding gullies those alleyways they call it gullies yes and um and then those gullies will lead you from one Cot to another cot, but they they're very confusing, and that you can get lost in there as well. And that's where you find a lot of the cool old yeah, little shops and some yeah. of the more like hippie hangouts and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's especially near what is the name of the temple there, Vishwanath Temple. It's called Kashi Vishwanath Temple. Yeah, and also the Sankat Mochan Hanuman Temple. Mm. Those two places, but right outside of I believe the Vishwanath Temple, there is these lanes where a lot of tourists I noticed because I went out there to buy some religious items and and a lot of people were there like a lot of westerners were there and walking around it seemed like it was a very popular area I don't remember the name of that street but it was right around um, Vishwanath Temple area so what kind of things are you going to see on the cots if you actually go to the cot what would you actually see over there a lot of sadhus will be walking monks, around, yeah. monks, religious sadhus. monks. And the reason how you can tell someone is a monk is that they're wearing all orange. And uh, you want to talk about what a sadhu is a little bit then? Sadhu is generally an unmarried celibate um, a religious monk who is walking around, usually lives off of other people's um, givings and donations, but they also may have religious order that they might be a part of, 
and they may live in their own ashrams or they may live in their own temple courtyard or something like that. It's not always clear cut of how sadhus live and where they live. They can't, there's a lot of freedom where they can live. They can live on the street, they can live in ashrams, they can live in their own house. There's really uh, not a one set rule for a sadhu, but basically they're celibate people and uh, and of course, you know, not all the sadhus are very serious in their endeavor uh, to pursue spirituality and, and, and true enlightenment, if you want to call it. Um, many sadhus and sannyasis may look like sadhus, but they are they could be just scammers. They could be people who are just out there to get money from tourists. And they may look like sadhus, but they are actually just going to give you some sort of BS and then keep going and get your money. And that they do that to Indian tourists but also to the foreign tourists. Mm-hmm. So one one interesting thing that we saw, I think, two trips back was uh, we were on the ghats, and this was in May. It was in the middle of the day, and it was May. So you can imagine how hot it was. May and June are the hot season in India. So we were walking with our kids and some friends and their kids. So we had a whole bunch of kids. We were walking around. We just wanted to see what was going down around in Asigat in some of the main area over there. Yeah, which means Asi means uh, 80. 80 uh, ghats. So there's roughly 80 different ghats in, in Banaras. So we were walking around and we saw a uh, snake charmer, which I know is so stereotypical India. And we don't uh, see that though anywhere else. But, but it's, it's stereotyped, but you don't really hardly see them. Because they are anyway, fading away. It's they a are. dying art. So um, we actually <laughs> decided we were going to um, take his, his picture and actually see his performance with, uh, with Cobra, which was pretty interesting because we really don't see that where we live at all. So it was really interesting. The kids were completely mesmerized. I was honestly pretty mesmerized myself. So if you'll follow our social media, I'll post a picture of that. But the snake charmer is really a dying art. It's not, you know, back in the old days, there are not so many different kinds of jobs and things that you could find in, in India and agricultural type of jobs connected with wildlife and animals and these kind of things were things that you could actually do and earn a living. And nowadays you can't earn a living as a snake charmer. <laughs> you know, hardly anyone wants to do that. Everyone wants to make their kid a doctor, an engineer, you know, that all of these snake charmers and their kids, are, they're probably trying to get their kids into English medium schools and, and you know, the way of the future is educating your kids. So what else are we likely to see? Anything else we're likely to see? What, what, one thing that you always joke about is how many guys riding around on their bullet yeah. are, are we, riding around the gullies with the, a gumcha. Gumcha, and, yeah. And, gumcha is very popular. It's yeah. like a, like a, what are what do you call it? Like a it's scarf. Not a scarf, I guess. It, yeah, but scarf. Usually in the, in the white and saffron and red and green. Those are the popular colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. One of the things is like a lot of people I, because it is a city of walking. One of the things one could do is take a walking tour, um, especially if you're not from there and if you are mm-hmm. a tourist. Uh, it would be good to do a walking tour. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends has a company there called Varnasi Walks. 
and you can check it check it out on TripAdvisor or whatever. So one other thing that Varanasi is known for is kind of a hippie hangout. And now I feel that it's not just for the hippies. So many people from different countries are enjoying the the raw nature of Varanasi and just it's a very raw place. I think that's kind of the reaction that you would get. So there are many ashrams there. There are many yoga sites there as well. And for Indians, there's tons of things to see as well. And what's one other thing you're likely to hear about? It's a student city. Varanasi is home to Banaras Hindu University, which is quite a large university and has a very decent reputation in North India. It is also the IIT. Um, the, their engineering section is the IIT. So a lot of people like come there to study, and it has a very nice campus. What's, can you explain what is IIT? IIT is like equivalent of an Ivy League engineering school in America. Mm-hmm. So basically it is highly reputable. Probably more difficult to get into IITs than to Harvard, in <laughs> India at least. Definitely it is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a little bit what the differences would be or what are some of the reactions that you would have as an Indian person traveling to Banaras on what are some of the reactions that you might have as a person that's never been to India yeah. as a foreigner. I would say that foreigners would look for enlightenment in a different way because the story is very different of religious, their religious journey is different. Um, people are not there to just offer some rituals and things, but they're actually looking for some sort of um, specific like specific guidance. guidance, spiritual guidance, which is not true for most traditional Indians. There is, a, there is an awakening in the newer generation Indians, maybe, that are coming from big cities to look for that kind of uh, awakening, spiritual awakening in religious centers in India, or even like yoga classes are not very popular in, in India with the traditional people, the way the way Western crowd wants to consume yoga, it's very different. So basically for, for a Western crowd, you would gravitate towards certain centers that you will find on Lonely Planet or one of these other sites that are more catered. They actually cater to foreign crowd rather than Indian crowd. There's Ayurvedic treatment classes. There's language tre- language classes for Hindi. There are a lot of people who come to Varanasi Hindu University, Banaras Hindu University, for, for learning different kinds of musical instruments and whatnot. So... Dance also. Some people come for dance, learning yeah. dance. The Indian um, tourists, their interests, some of them might be the same or they will end up doing the same things. But one of the big draws in um, in Varanasi is to visit the temples and offer your puja or worship or the rituals that are done there, uh, maybe for your dead relative or for your children or for yourself or for whatever it is. And secondly, it would be the arti. arti. Ganga, Ganga arti would be a huge uh, attraction. And that can mostly people go to the main ghats there um, on Asi Ghat uh, to watch the Arti, although it is it does go all the way down, up and down the river. So one of the things about Arti is that you want to leave a considerable amount of time 
bef- to get down to the ghat and you want to arrive early for sure you it's around sunset it's right before sunset that it takes place so this time kind of shifts and it is extremely crowded and you will it'll be very difficult to find a parking spot if you're driving or taking an auto or walking it's the most crazy time of the day for traffic so get there early try to enjoy just people watching uh, when we were there they actually had some dancing going on some katak dancing going on and performances on the side of the uh, they made a small stage we also noticed this time they had a like steamer like a, not a steamer like a like a cruise boat going up and down the river which was hilarious for me to see that this has now become you know like so commercialized usually people will sit in the little hand roan thousand year old wooden boats you know the lakri wala now jo hota hai it's really funny to see this cruise ship going by during arti but that would be something that i think most people would be interested in yeah um indians and foreigners yeah. like One of the things is the parking is extremely difficult in the old city. So like even the wiki says that the most interesting area to stay is around the ghats, the banks where what we're talking about, the river banks which are the main attractions for foreigners and are close to the religious attractions, but it is extremely noisy and and the accommodation there is subpar. So basically if you want a more comfortable stay stay a little bit away from the ghats into the town and then visit the ghats and then go back into a decent better accommodation if you like hostels or if you're going to do it in an economic way and don't want to stay away stay too far from the ghats then you can stay on the ghats of course uh, there's uh, stuff for all budget sizes there are hostels there are mid range upper range accommodations there and there are some like real hippie hangouts in in varanasi yeah. do you want to talk about some of those just yeah. go into blue lassi yeah. which is famous for their different like more flavored lassis which are not yes. common flavored lassis not the, common in india i have to tell you about this experience and i just appreciate that i want you to say that again is it is it lassi or is it say exactly like you said lassi 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 this is one of the most mispronounced words in hindi that i've heard is oh yeah let's get a mango lassi it's like it's not a lassi it's a lassi so anyway just a tip there <laughs> so when i went to blue lassi this time i took the kids and i walked through the gullies and uh one other tip if you have children with you just just carry the kids if you don't want them to get really dirty or our son was kind of like he I mean he lives in India so he knows to avoid garbage piles and stuff but it's just extremely crowded and you can get clipped by motorcycle going by or scooter cycle going by so my tip is to carry your kids or have a really strong small stroller that you're going to take through the um on the street so don't I would not like just hold the kids hand and let them walk around on the street and it's just quite uh quite dirty so and dangerous. So yeah, I took the kids to Blue Lassie and it was so interesting when I went because I'm um, I'm hanging out there and the kids are loving it and enjoying the 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 drinks and the thing about Lassie is that it needs to be made by hand. When you stir, when you put it in a blender, which is how a lot of the restaurants make it, we know nowadays scientifically that it kills all the, you know, it shakes up the 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 bacteria, the probiotics that are in the yogurt 
it disturbs them and so they get lost or killed or whatever in the process. So how it's been made for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years with the yogurt is that you take it from one cup to the other and you pour it back and forth until it's mixed. And so this is how the guy was making it. This just describes the new India so well, the, the confluence of new and old India. I'm sitting there in the shop. It's this dinky little shop. And he has pictures of people's passports, pictures all over the wall because it's become so popular and one of those places that you have to visit. As he's making his lassi, squatting down, you know, sitting there in his little bowl that he has, and he's hand mixing each and every single one. He has an investment advisor sitting there talking to him about how much money he needs to save for his kid's college future, his, his kid's college in the future. And I'm thinking, this guy has it made. I mean, he has capitalized on something that he's been doing for three generations, at least, is what he told me. He's been doing it for three generations. And his grandparents probably could have never imagined the amount of money that he was talking about saving for his kids' college. So just the fact that he was there right at the right time and had really taken it to the next level with social media and with TripAdvisor, Lonely Planet, and getting involved in all these uh, commercial marketing channels, basically. So I just, I loved that because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there listening as he's speaking with him and maybe to the to the tourist eye, you wouldn't really notice what was going on, but it was really interesting to me as he was talking about this. And so I just said to him, you know, and he said, yeah, this is what I've been doing for 27 years. So thought that was pretty incredible. Yeah. That being said, it is overpriced, Lassie's. It is overpriced, but this, <laughs> but the, the experience is definitely worth your 80 rupees. You'll only pay, what, 30 rupees if you is go 80, somewhere else? Was it 80 rupees? Some were 80 rupees. Some were 80 rupees, and some of the more exotic ones were like 100 over yeah, 100 It is just a, definitely become one of those places that's not normal price Lassie's are. In yeah. a place like Varnasi would be only like 40, 50 rupees. Yeah. But he does have a lot of exotic fruits and different things. This time when we were in Varanasi, we stayed in Sigra, which is uh, a little bit away from the chaotic part of Varanasi. But it is uh, the up-and-coming place in Varanasi. Uh, Sigra has the new KFC in Varanasi. That's where a lot of people, like even we, we even saw tourists there. If you want more westernized food, then you would eat, go there better restaurants there's mcdonald's kfc out in sigra so one other thing that was interesting about that area and i think one thing for westerners that's really shocking about banatis is the burning cots so this is where people come many people from all over india and even some from different countries um, who's who have passed away in different countries this is where people come to have their bodies burned so one thing about this ritual is that women are traditionally not allowed. And there's a certain caste of people who do this kind of work for the society. So you can watch there some documentaries on Netflix about it. And one of our favorite documentaries that we always mention is The Story of India with Michael Wood. And there is some about Varanasi in, uh, or in that documentary. And it does talk a bit about 
the cast that does perform the the burning of, of the dead bodies. So that's one thing that you will see for sure. You cannot get out of Varanasi without seeing the funeral procession going on. And so you'll hear the people walking through the street, the men usually, with the body wrapped in orange cloth and be carrying down the street chanting. They'll have um, some... Uh, uh, incense, and they'll be saying Ram Nam Satyahe, Ram Nam Satyahe, which means God's name is true, or Ram's name is true, but that can also be used as a general word for God's name. That's what's going on there, and they are usually headed to the ghat for the body to be burned. You can watch that uh, ceremony going on it, basically day and night. The fires are constantly going, there's constantly um, bodies being burned. That is called uh, Manikarnika Ghat. It is in the Asikat uh, line there. So if you go on any boat tour, they will most likely take you by the burning cot because they know that that's a, um, something that's very interesting to people. And if this is your first city in India, uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't necessarily recommend Varanasi be the first city in India you ever visit because it is quite shocking. If you haven't seen some of the more pristine or more clean or nicer places, the grunginess might shock you to a level of uh, (laughs) you may not recover (laughs) from that shock so ease into it and I wouldn't make that your first stop on the trip if you're a westerner so other hippie hangouts you know again there's a hippie crowd that wants to smoke stuff so of course there we don't know what those hangouts are but I'm sure you can find them on very easily some of the cafes that we might recommend for hippie stuff, one would be Open Hand Cafe. We know the people that run that. It's an exceptional cafe there. And we also went to Pizzeria Vatica. The Brown Bread Bakery is another one that we thought was pretty great as well. So any other hippie hangouts that you want to specifically mention? that we've personally experienced not hippie places yeah. but there is a, another lassi store that's very famous Shiv Lassi Pandar I wasn't able to go there but it was uh, it was supposed to be good um, there's also Chole Bhature place that I ate at it was called Bole Chature which is a play on words but <laughs> Bole Chature is also pretty good that mm-hmm. I noticed yeah some of the popular food would be Jalebi Jalebi and uh, what? Puri Sabzi? Is that popular? Puri Sabzi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Puri Sabzi would be really popular lassis. food to experience. Banaras. Okay, and we got to talk about the Banaras Panawala. So Banaras is known for um, having a lot of pan sellers, which pan is is a mix of all kinds of different nuts. And it, in, well, the main ingredient is betel nut, which is kind of a it's like a produces this red color if you put tobacco in the pan it can be slightly intoxicating but there's also mita pan which is just sweet pan and it has basically it's all these little spices and nut and different kinds of flavorings that you put inside of an inside of a leaf and these guys are sitting there on the side inside these alleyways they will roll it up for you and they they fold it for you and you just pop it in your mouth and you chew on it i mean the taste is definitely an acquired taste if you did not grow up eating it 
it's something you should definitely try out. And I even have seen in some different advertisements and stuff, there's this burning bun, which just came in our city, and we should go try it out. We basically they light the bun on fire, and you're supposed to try and eat it, which I don't know, that would be kind of an interesting yeah. uh, thing to experience. So bun, check out bun, P-A-A-N. And you'll yeah, see these and guys is available all over India. It but is, in Varanasi, it's especially popular. Yeah, and there's some Bollywood song too. You know, yeah, <laughs> which makes it even more fun. So, mm. what else? What other things do we need to share about Banaras? One of our friends um, teaches Hindi in uh, Varanasi. Yes. So basically, if any of you are interested in learning Hindi, you can get in touch with us. We can give you his info. We're, we'll put it in the show notes, his um, information and his website. So yeah, let's talk about how do you get to Banaras. You know, they have a small airport. Um, you've flown there before. Yeah, from Delhi to how Varanasi would there? be very easy to get to with a flight. But if you want to go by train, then I believe Rajdhani Express, R-A-J-D-H-A-N-I, Rajdhani Express is your best bet. Um, otherwise, all other trains can get late or start late or get really delayed in the middle. So Rajdhani, I would ex- I would recommend. Or if you want to go by bus, there's overnight bus. There yeah. are all kinds of things there. But if you have kids, then may not be the best. If you're a solo traveler, then yeah, you can do that. You can pretty much, in India is, you know, one of the cheapest traveling destinations in the world. If you know what you're doing, then then it could be cheap. But if you want to be a bit more comfortable and avoid taking any unnecessary risk. So some people asked about what do you buy there? What are the nice things to to shop for while you're in Banaras. And Banaras silk is extremely famous across India, and saris are one of the more well-known things that people buy. So Banaras silk sari is um, one of the highly desired things to buy in Banaras. Other silk products. And, And other silk products, like scarves, other types of hand loom, um, pillow cover, pillow covers, type bed sheets, like type of things. Yeah, yeah, really, really nicely done. One of the really cool things that we were able to do when we were just there a few months back is go outside of Banaras and Sarnath, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, is where Buddha had his had given his first sermon, and so that was definitely worth seeing. And this time, we with our kids, we went out to Rajdari. But Rajdari and another place adjacent to that is like waterfalls and hilly area. Turned out to be a really great outing for us. It's it's a breath of fresh air to go out there. It's not crowded. You're going through the villages, which is really eye-opening just to drive through the villages of India anytime you can have that experience. I highly recommend it. And so this, this uh, park there had two major waterfalls, and you can get out and, you know, dip your feet in. And some people were swimming. We let our kids swim in one of the more calm areas, and it was just fantastic and just really breathtaking to see the scenery. We did see quite a bit of animals. We had a one monkey uh, experience, which, you know, every good um, trip and holiday in India has some kind of monkey experience. So 
one of our kids, one of the kids we were traveling was throwing up, and so we pulled over the car, and um, their monkeys started like coming towards us right away. And these are the nasty monkeys. There are two. There are several varieties of monkey in India, actually, but the the kind of uh, nasty ones that you want to avoid are the urban monkeys, like these ones. And they were literally coming towards us to try and get the food out of the kid's hand. I think he had some little chips in his hand or something. And so we all started to panic, and we snapped the doors shut, and the kids are all screaming, like, because the monkeys are coming up to attack the car. So some of our stuff had fallen out onto the road, and we had to scare the monkeys away to get the stuff back. It was just weird. We saw peacocks and and all kinds of different other beautiful wildlife. So... It is a very serene experience, beautiful experience, so I would highly recommend checking that out. So I just want to share a funny story before we close it out. A few years back, I was sitting in a cafe, and it was this, like, kind of, you know, just as you can imagine. I'm sitting in a cafe with my Hindi study books, and we were just enjoying ourselves with a, a cup of coffee because we... Uh, you don't get that in, in many places in India. Really, really good cup of coffee, especially back several years. And we were sitting in this cafe and hearing the temple bells going on all sides, enjoying the, you know, the, the smells of the incense from the temples and the, the livestock walking by, the cows and all whatnot. And this restaurant is, has these um, flowers. There's all over the walls. And, and we're sitting next to this um, these folks. And we assume that, you know, he's the tour guide. And and she's, you know, taking a tour there. Um, this, she's a Japanese girl and an Indian guy. And he's, he's actually speaking in, like, fluent Japanese. So Banaras is a place that it seems like it's this ancient place. And it, people really are there that come straight from the village you know have had no other experience except for the the village and then it's also strangely this like weird global city where people are not what they seem and people are connected to the world in ways that you might never imagine so there's a lot of mystery to be found there there's a lot of beauty to be found there and we hope that you Love your next visit to the holy city of Banaras.